to Half-Ass Horrorcast Origins. Today's interviewee is Mr. Jeff Wilson. That's me. This is the sound of my voice. And your host, the interviewer, is Craig. This is me. The sound of my voice. So, Jeff, I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions that I know the answers to. And it's going to seem a little redundant. But I think uh, if you look at this almost as an episode zero on you for a listener, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be very informative. So cool. let's do this. You're from here, right? From Tennessee. I am from Tennessee. I was born in Nashville and grew up in Gallatin and Hendersonville. Your formal education and whatnot, it all took place here in Middle Tennessee as well. Yep, I uh, went to high school in Gallatin, Gallatin High School. Yeah. Oh, and I went to college at Nosy College of Art. And you went to, it's Nosy? Nosy? Nosy, N-O-S-S-I. It's the lady's name who started the school, which is weird because it's her first name. So it'd be like if I started an art school and called it the Jeff College of Art. <laughs> Very yeah. informal. But I think her last name is Vattendust. So I guess that's Nosy is a little easier to say than Vattendust. But... So. But her first name sounds like Nazi. It does. People. It's a little confuse, touchy. I would people, think. Yeah, people confuse that whenever I tell them. A lot of times, they're like, "You went to the Nazi College of Art?" I'm like, no, no, C. Jeff, <laughs> I thought I knew it. It's, I had no idea. So, and you studied? Was it graphic design there, or did you study like general uh, arts, and then it kind of led to graphic design? Or yeah, it was. They, I think everybody. Well, at the time, everybody kind of just studied. All, everybody took the exact same classes. It was all just like one kind of thing, and it was a little bit of everything. But when I got out of school, it was well, like, while I was there, I kind of realized like, oh, I'll probably be able to get a job easier doing graphic design than mm. illustration or painting or something like that. Like nobody really. I mean. People make a living doing that somewhere, but... But it's pretty rare, yeah. Yeah, it's a little more difficult, so... And that's kind of what you do as a day job is graphic design, Mm -hmm. generally. Yep. So what, like, you know, dialing back and thinking of, you know, you as a little person, what made you kind of gravitate towards art and drawing and stuff like that, illustration? I don't know. I guess I've always drawn ever since I was... As long as I can remember. Like, when I was a kid, I would just sit in front of the TV at the coffee table with like notebook paper and just draw the cartoon characters I saw on TV. Yeah. And there was actually a, um, in 1988, I remember there was like a Garfield 10th anniversary special that came on and Jim, Jim Davis was on it. America's favorite pasta love and Emmy winning fat cat is having a birthday. Creator Jim Davis takes you through 10 years of what has made this feisty feline a comedy hit. Happy birthday Garfield. And, uh, it showed him at his drawing desk and he does this quick drawing of mm-hmm. Garfield. And that was like, my tutorial on how to draw Garfield. And I used to draw Garfield on everything back then when I was really <laughs> little. Huh. So I just was like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. I want to draw for a living. And well, one day I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned Jim Davis being like your intro, I guess, to, you know, artists. And, and I guess putting like someone behind something that you like, right? Mm-hmm. Like Garfield, you, you like Garfield, and then you discover that there's this guy that actually draws him. Right, and, yeah. Um, growing up in, into adulthood, what were some of the artists that you think kind of influenced your style? And um, Well, there's a lot. But um, I guess like most guys our age were all into Ninja Turtles when that came out. Mm. So Eastman and Laird, of course. 
you know, everybody back then was, or at least me and all my little friends were like, we're going to make up the next Ninja Turtles, sure. you know. And uh, still waiting to come up with a, that magic character. No, my favorite artists that were big influence on me when I was growing up, like, number one was Eric Larson. Yeah. Savage Dragon. Yeah. And, Amazing uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. And, the Hulk. He did that <clears> for a while, I think. Yeah. I remember the first day of school in sixth grade, this kid turned around to me. He was sitting directly in front of me. And uh, he's like, hey, do you like comic books? And I was like, yeah, I like comic books. <laughs> and uh, he's like, check this out. And he put Amazing Spider-Man number 350 on my desk. And I was just like, oh, my God. what? Oh, this looks amazing. Yeah. And at the time, that Rob Liefeld uh, 501 Jeans commercial sure, was out. Yeah. So how long have you been drawing comic books? Since I was about seven years old, little kid. What did your parents think about it? They hated it. They hated it. Oh, yeah. After I, I got a job and they saw that you can make a living out of third day, you'll hear no complaints anymore. And you created X-Force? Mm -hmm. So what is the drawing of? This is the Spike Man. And what's this right here? This is the camera on top of your head that will record the wrongdoings of others. So Rob, have you had any formal art training? No. Just uh, a lot of imagination, I think. Wait, so, so I say it and then look down? Or just open it and say, fly button? And so that was the only comic book artist I knew of. And I was like, is this the guy from the Levi's commercial? And he's like, no, 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 that's Rob Liefeld. He's like, this guy's name is Eric Larson. He's really good. And I look, looked through it. I was like, dude, this is the coolest looking comic book I've ever seen. And he was like, well, I've got a magazine with him in it. I'll bring it in tomorrow. And I was like, yes. Yeah. So he brought in Wizard Magazine number three. And had an interview with Eric Larson and like pictures of him. I was like, this is what Eric Larson looks like? I was like, oh my God, he just looks like a normal dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's weird thinking back on that because, you know, in the 90s, especially the early 90s, uh, there was a little brief window where uh, artists, comic book artists, mm -hmm. were almost like mini rock stars. Definitely. Like they were celebrities for a little while there. It's weird because they're not now, even though yeah. comics are bigger than ever, or comic book heroes are bigger than ever. Yeah, comic book movies for sure. Right. Yeah, that's the weird thing is, like, back in the day, like, now the movies are really popular, but back in the early 90s, the the actual comics themselves were, like, the biggest thing going. They were literally selling, like, millions of copies and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's and crazy. Like, the, all those guys that started Image Comics, they like you said, they were, like, rock stars. Like, the way that I thought of them was the way I thought of, like, Kurt Cobain sure. when I was in high school. Yeah. So it's uh, and I literally would like get the Wizard magazines and, and look at the rankings. Of, I would look yeah. at the rankings, but then <laughs> if there was like a picture of them, like a big picture, like I would tear them out and tape them to my wall. Oh, like yeah. I had a picture of like Jim Lee on my wall growing up. They right. were like, one day I'm gonna be like Jim Lee. <laughs> and I met Jim Lee. He was also a huge influence as a yeah. kid. Well, but he's of that era too, right? Because he was oh, yeah. doing like X Men. That was kind of his big book for a while yeah. there, right? And that's still to this day the the highest selling comic book of all time. X Men number one yeah. it sold like eight point three million copies. But a big part of that too is there was like multiple covers, sure. So people were buying multiple copies of it, and then multiple copies of those because they thought like number one, I can sell this in five years well, and put my those, kids through college. Or, weren't, weren't those polybag too, or they, they weren't? I forgot. No, X-Force number one was, but yeah. X-Men, they were, none of those were polybag. It's funny, now you go to a comic book store and look through the 50 cent boxes and there's just <sighs> millions of them in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I still love those comic books, even though people trash them nowadays, but I don't know, I have a, like, I still have a, like a fondness for those comics that I liked as a kid. I oh, still look through them and I still love them. Well, I mean, buckle up because the 90s are coming back and I would think all those characters and uh, styles are going to kind of make a revival and yeah. kind of echo into the movies and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, it was like when New Mutants number 98 became... X-Force. Um, right? Well, no, like when New, New Mutants 98 was the first appearance of Deadpool. Right. 
And like maybe like five years ago, I think I looked online and there was like New Moon's ninety eight is worth like three hundred dollars now. I was like, what? Why? Mm. Like, doesn't everybody and their brother have this comic book under their bed? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say that and I don't own it, but <laughs> um, but I just remember thinking like, how are the how is this worth anything? There's so many copies of it out there because I'm printed you know millions or whatever. Maybe not of that particular issue, but. Anyway, we went off on a tangent. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about horror movies, well, not no, comic well, books. Well, no, kind of uh, segueing back to horror, like what are some artists that you follow now that, or that you enjoy now that are kind of intertwined with spooky stuff and horror and, and that sort of thing? What, what are some of the... Uh, definitely like Jason Edmiston. Mm. I uh, actually met him at a few conventions when I lived in California and like he's a super nice guy. Um, but his artwork is amazing. Um, and he, he does a lot of things online on Facebook where he'll show kind of like step-by-step step how he paints yeah. these things. And I've kind of almost used that as a tutorial. Like, oh, okay, so he does this underpainting first, and then I'm going to try doing that myself. And then he's the only one. Yeah. No, no, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> not true. There's other. I, I follow so many people on Instagram that, are, that do really awesome horror art. It's kind of hard to remember. There's that guy, the Beast Wreck guy. Sure, yeah. Um, which we met him. You mentioned drawing Garfield a lot when you were a little kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite characters to draw now as an adult? Kind of just the same characters that I liked as a kid. Like I still like um, drawing the X-Men <laughs> and stuff like that. But I, I draw more kind of horror stuff now. I draw a lot of Frankensteins. Mm. Like Frankenstein's probably my all-time favorite horror character. Sure. Uh, I just, I've always loved the way that he looked. And so I, I, I draw him a lot. I don't know, just kind of whatever, whatever hits me the day, that day. Like I tr- I've been trying to draw something every day. Yeah. I haven't really been doing it, but <laughs> I try to. What, what's your first horror memory? First horror memory. Does Gremlins count? Sure. <laughs> Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Gremlins, man. Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. Now at Selected Cinemas. Well, I mean, my parents took me to see Gremlins at the drive-in movie theater. Yeah. Like, not too far from here. Pretty close, like, down the street. There was a drive-in movie theater, and, yeah, when that movie came out, my parents took me and my sister, and I loved it. And my parents got us both little gizmo dolls, and I used to eat the, eat the Gremlins cereal. Are you hungry? Hungry as a gremlin? Here's gremlin cereal. Gremlins, gremlins, bite after bite. What a tasty way to satisfy a gremlin appetite. Like, you always hear these stories of how kids were terrified of gremlins, and that mm-hmm. became a big issue that led partially to PG-13, and because uh, parents were upset that they weren't warned well enough about how scary it could be. Mm-hmm. But like everyone our age loves that movie. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever bumped into someone that was like, Oh yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we're at the age. I feel like where people would admit that uh, it would almost be like yeah. a badge of honor that it scared you at this point. Um, yeah. And I've never heard someone say that. I haven't I mean, either. I never yeah. once heard anyone be like, Oh, that scared me so much when yeah. I was a kid. Like, and we I were think, little guys. I mean, yeah, we were very I was young. like four years old right. when that movie came out. So like, yeah, it never, the gremlins never scared me. I think because they, they look like puppets. And so, like, even as a four-year-old, I knew, like, well, these aren't real. These are just old puppets. And mm-hmm. they, they were funny, too. Like, they weren't just, they weren't made to be super scary. Like, they, right. were, they were smoking cigarettes. And, like, there was that one that flashes sure. with the sunglasses on and all that, you know. And then Hardy's had the tie-in where you could get, they had, like, the book with the record inside of it. Right. And my parents 
got all of those for me and my sister. Like we would be like, can we go to Hardy's today? Like, <laughs> it's like, we got to get another record. There's something special for your kids at Hardy's. With any sandwich, fries, and soft drink, get a Gremlin storybook and record for 99 cents or less plus tax. Collect all five of these read-along stories about Gizmo and his friends. Now, many years later, what draws you to horror, do you think? Why is it one of the things that kind of shows up in your work and that, that sort of thing? I've always been into spooky stuff since I was a kid. Like, not necessarily horror, but, you know, I have always been obsessed with Halloween. Ever since I was a kid, even to this day, I'm just obsessed with Halloween. It's never been anything that, like, went away for a while and came back or anything. It's just been consistent throughout my life. Like, my... I was at my parents' house recently, and my mom pulled out this box with all these old drawings and stuff from when I was really little. Mm. And, like, half of them were Halloween stuff, and, like, another almost half of them were, like, Ghostbusters. <laughs> so I was, I don't know, I've just always been drawn to kind of spooky stuff. I think there's, like, a mystery to it or, yeah. a, I don't know, there's something that, like, int- that it really intrigues me about that kind of stuff or definitely did as a kid. I don't know. I can't really, I can't, I'm having a hard time putting it into words, but it's always intrigued me. But, you know, talking to you right now, though, it makes me think of how we had the one-two punch of Gremlins and Ghostbusters. You brought mm-hmm. up Ghostbusters right now. Yeah. Coming out the summer, leading into Halloween. And I was Stripe for uh, Halloween that year. I remember oh, I had yeah, the Gremlins yeah. Ben Cooper mm-hmm. uh, costume, whatever. So to me, like, it's weird because Gremlins... A was released in the summer. B is a Christmas movie. Yeah. But I still kind of really closely associate it with Halloween and everything. I think because of that, yeah. me wearing the costume. And uh, I, I just feel like it was all over the place Halloween time that year. I don't know. Yeah. Man, I don't I, I There's something about Gremlins and Ghostbusters. Like Ghostbusters in particular. I remember watching Ghostbusters way more than Gremlins. I mean, I loved mm-hmm. Gremlins, but like... Ghostbusters, I remember it came on TV and I recorded it on the VCR and would just watch that tape over and over again. So that's one of the many movies I know every word to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it was also one that Ghostbusters actually scared me more than Gremlins. Like I think I've mentioned on the podcast before when I was a kid I had this like my biggest fear was like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And there's that scene at the end where like they're basically like Zool comes down and it's like bringing forth the end of the world. And even though this is a comedy movie like that aspect of it kind of it didn't give me nightmares or anything, but it did kind of make me feel a little a little spooked. Well, it's it's interesting because even though Ghostbusters has comedians in it and there's like obvious like comedic elements and jokes and everything, mm-hmm. uh, I think you could make an argument that it's more of a horror movie than Gremlins is in a lot of ways because there are like scares that are bigger sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think of the librarian ghost, you know, in the beginning. Uh, yeah. It's pretty gnarly for a little little kid to see, you know, stuff like that. So, And then uh, Dana uh, being abducted <laughs> when she's yeah. in the recliner and all the arms yeah, come, hands out. come out. Oh, That's pretty, man. like, I, I watched that uh, one time, late night one time, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Like, and I've seen it yeah. a, a billion times. So, And then when you see that, like, demon dog head thing come sure. and go, yeah. it's like, oh, man. I'm like, <laughs> I remember feeling a little uncomfortable during that when I was little. <laughs> Jumping forward to Half-Ass Horrorcast, mm. tell us how you got involved in Half-Ass Horrorcast. It's an interesting story. 
kind of. I was driving around one day. I have all the uh, Twilight Zone audio play things, the radio show. Mm-hmm. I had them on my, like my iPod at the time, and I was driving around listening to it, and I was thinking, you know, like, you know what? We could do something like this. Like, we could do an audio play like this. And uh, I was like, oh, that would be a cool podcast. And I'll, I was like, I'll see if Craig, because you and I had done a podcast years ago called yeah. Jeff's Digital Audio Experience featuring Craig. And uh, I was like, that would be like a fun podcast, and it would be different from most of the podcasts because it would be like, you know, it's an audio play. So yeah. I was like, you want to do this? And, and then I thought, like, you know, we could write our own original stories because you like to write. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that'll give Craig a cool, like, creative outlet to do some writing stuff. And you were like, yeah, we should do a horror podcast with it. And I was like, horror podcast? <laughs> I don't know anything about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why don't we do a comic book podcast? Mm. But uh, being like, no, we'll do the we'll do the audio play, and then we'll also do like the horror part. We'll kind of like combine the two. And I was like, well, okay. And then we started doing that, and then um, like we got together and did that one episode where we the, talked about the Blob. Yeah, the Blob, yeah. and we talked about Halloween music. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what the first audio play was, but I think it was the Hook. Donald, thanks for taking me to the movies. The Blob was so scary. Oh, I'm glad you liked it, Sarah. I did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we took, uh, we had the scary stories to tell in the dark book, and we were kind of flipping through, like, we can just adapt to some of these. Mm, what's the, oh, God, there's a hook on the door. A hook? What do you mean a hook? Like a fucking hook, you know? <laughs> so he really was with us that whole time. Yes, I, I suppose he was. Well, good night, Sarah. But I, And uh, those are really fun to do, but editing the audio plays mm-hmm. was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. So we eventually just dropped the audio play. Yeah. And then here we are. I wouldn't mind reviving the audio play. Maybe um, do one every once in a while. Yeah, not as like an every episode thing, but just, you know, maybe every other month there are special occasions. And yeah. It'd be kind of cool Halloween if we do like a, yeah. a, a quick one, you know, that marries into the special and... That'd be cool. That sort of thing. Huh. So, I'm into it. Yeah. We also had an idea that is a little pricey and not really sure how much of a demand we have for it, but like doing a special audio play and then putting all the music that we've used in our YouTube videos and stuff mm. and making a vinyl record. Right. But I don't know. Maybe one of these days. Yeah. Never know. There are plenty of vanity projects out there get done. <laughs> Let's do that. Kickstarter. What is your favorite thing about being a part of the half-assed horror cast family? All the ladies. I get so much attention for being on this podcast from women. It's crazy. Slide into your DMs. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. No, oh. that doesn't happen at all. Oh. Um, my favorite thing is just getting to hang out with my friends. It's like a fun thing to do. It's like fun to get together with your friends, just hang out and talk, and also getting to uh, getting introduced to movies that I probably never would have watched otherwise. Yeah, that's definitely been a big. Yeah, yeah. this has been like my, my horror education. I think that's one of the things you said when you were kind of pitching the idea to me about doing a, the podcast part of it. it. Was like 
I was like, I don't know anything about horror movies. And you were like, that's okay. You'll learn. Like, you'll watch these <laughs> movies and it'll be kind of your education. And Somet- like, well, sometimes it can, it can be boring, too, if you just listen to people that are, like, super academic and they know everything about these movies. It's kind of like... Just uh, regurgitating facts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... We've kept this going for a while now, too. Like, yeah. We've done way more than we did of the other podcast. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I also like that it's not super personal. Like, I'm not revealing things about my personal life that i probably shouldn't be well that's what like the old podcast <laughs> I, I, every week i would tell a prison story and like yeah. i think back on that and i'm like that was probably like a borderline illegal for me to be talking about <laughs> things that happened to me in prison uh yeah and we had one time we had a friend on who worked at a a school and he was like telling stories and then i think like the next day you called me and were like dude i don't think you should put those you should edit yeah. all those stories out that he told and i was like there's a that's the best part of the podcast yeah. and you're like yeah he could get in big trouble i was thinking you know, like, like and i'm glad we did that because yeah, uh you never know it's, nowadays it would totally get him in trouble oh yeah definitely. but 10 years ago even i think it would have been pushing it so yeah, because he, he, he told a pretty <laughs> salacious story. And I was just like, ooh, this is a juicy story. Right. People are going to love this. And I was like, oh, yeah, he could definitely lose his job right. if somebody yeah. knew he was, like, you know, publicly yeah. just saying, oh, did you hear what happened? You know. <laughs> so getting back into movies and everything, you already answered this with Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. But what's your favorite classic movie monster? I mean, you've got... Well, Frankenstein, obviously, but then... Um... Creature from the Black Lagoon is, like, the coolest looking, yeah. I think, of all of those, like, universal monsters. I also, like, had a... Uh, I also love the werewolf, or, or the wolfman. Yeah. And I think part of that was from Teen Wolf. That's sure. also another kind of, like... That's, like, horror light. Like, you know, Teen Wolf, Gremlins, Ghostbusters. Like all it's, 1984 movies, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah good point. Yeah. And then... uh yeah, but Teen Wolf was one that I watched over and over again as a kid. Do you know anything about a rash that's going around? From Michael J. Fox. Whoa! Just say the word and see the moon. Don't change. Don't change. And you're into one scary situation. You are an animal. Has America's hottest hunk gone hairy? Let's check his family ties. An explanation is probably long overdue. Folks, this one's a real howl. Michael J. Fox is Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Monday night at 8 on KPTV 12. It was like the non-scary werewolf, and he looked like, you know, kind of loosely based on the Lon Chaney wolfman. Right. Um, Thrown in with a little bit of Chewbacca, or maybe. Yeah, (laughs) the hair was much longer. Um, And he was kind of like a superhero. I think that kind of helped as a younger kid. He had more in common with a superhero than he did... Exactly. A horror character sometimes. Yeah, when he turned into the werewolf, he didn't act like a wolf. He just got really good at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing that changed, really. He just grew his hair long and then could slam dunk. So it's like, I could be that kind of werewolf. I'd be okay with that. And then he, like everybody loved him, too, when he turned into a werewolf. Yeah. No one was like, oh, my God, he's a fucking werewolf. <laughs> like, what about uh, favorite 80s horror icon? Or a more modern one. Who, who who's the standout for you? Uh, well, I've, I, I've probably Ash Williams. Groovy. Well, as a kid, I would fall asleep with the TV on, and then uh, I remember one night I rolled over and I looked at the TV, and it was this scene of this guy had cut his hand off with a chainsaw, and his hand's like running around the room, and then he's trying to shoot it with a shotgun, and then the the hand like flicks him a bird, and then scurries away. Yeah. And I rolled back over and f- went back to sleep. 
And then the next day, I thought I had dreamt that. I was like, oh, that was a weird dream. And then... <laughs> and how old are you? Mm, Roughly, I mean... Maybe like 10. Yeah. And then like five or six years later, um, my buddy comes over and he mentioned something about Evil Dead 2. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that. He's like, you've never seen Evil Dead 2? And I was like, no. He's like, dude, we're renting it tonight. So we go to the store, and we uh, the video store, and we rent it, bring it back to my house, and it gets to that scene. And I was like, oh, my God, this yeah. is a real movie. Like, yeah. I totally thought I dreamt this. <laughs> and, like, ever since then, like, I just, I love that movie so much. It's one of my favorites. He's one of the rare, like, heroes. Like, like he yeah. is what holds the franchise together for the most part. Yeah. And he's, like, the protagonist. He's not the monster of exactly, the... Exactly, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's rare. not the right the right kind of answer for that question. No, no, I, I said uh, horror icon, so oh, okay. that's totally correct. Yeah, I've also mentioned that I didn't get into like kind of serious horror movies until I was about eighteen mm-hmm. when I saw Halloween H two O. Yeah, and then after like a few days later, I was like, let's buy, like on Halloween night, me and my friend we bought the original Halloween movie mm-hmm. on VHS at Walmart for like five bucks, and we watched it and like been a fan ever since so michael myers would be of like the modern horror monsters he's yeah. probably definitely your guy right yeah he's definitely he's definitely top of that list for yeah. me i think a big part of that too is i had a friend growing up who was also obsessed with halloween mm-hmm. and he collected halloween masks and stuff and like that michael myers was his big thing yeah so I mean, that, there may be a little bit of influence from him there but like i still i love halloween and i love uh michael myers there's even though He's kind of one note. He doesn't say anything. He just kind of walks around and, you know, he stabs people. (laughs) He always seems to break out on the same night every time. Right. Uh, But I don't know. I love those movies. Well, and I think the history, uh, especially more modern years, uh, like, say, the past 20 years, maybe more, of, you know, every Halloween, that movie's going to be playing. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, in the sequels. And so it kind of ties in with the tradition in a way. So if you're a big Halloween guy, Mm -hmm. like the holiday, then obviously that character is going to be a cornerstone, you know? Yeah, and and definitely a lot of the sequels aren't great. Right. (laughs) But see, see, me being a Jason guy, Jason Voorhees, Mm -hmm. like some of the charm of sequels and a franchise that's based in the 80s is... The flaws that you see, right, and the the plot holes and the kind of silliness involved. So I mean, I mean, one of our favorite episodes, one of my favorite episodes of Half Ass Horrorcast, has to be the Michael Myers um, Halloween Part Four: Return of Michael Myers. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I love talking about that movie. I thought yeah. it was really fun, <laughs> and just all the incongruity of that movie is just <laughs> amazing. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the better sequels, yeah. part four. And part four, it's funny because it's kind of, it's almost like a retelling of the first movie. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Except uh, instead of Laurie, it's a, Laurie's a daughter. A small person yeah. instead of a teenager, yeah. What, who do you think is the most overrated horror icon oh. or franchise? Overrated horror franchise. Yeah. Probably, oh. Well, I can't really say for sure because I haven't seen them, but I want to say Saw. Or That's fair. Jigsaw, I guess, Jigsaw, would be the yeah. character. Yeah, I've never seen any of those movies just because, like, I'm not into. I'm I'm real picky with with gore. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it doesn't bother me. Sometimes it bothers me a lot, and like torture kind of stuff can bug me sometimes. So, just people have told me about those movies. I'm like, I don't think that's something I really care um, to watch, but. 
Yeah, um, I, I'll say I, I saw the first one and really enjoyed it as like a really low budget. I mean, it's almost all takes place in one room mm-hmm. and, it, you know, just a couple of characters. It's it's really well done. I'm going to show my prejudice here. When I think of Saw, for some reason, I think of like early aughts, new metal, mm-hmm. like, ah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think of that type <laughs> of weird, like, let the bodies hit the floor, like that yeah. type stuff. Like, this is horrible music. And for some reason, I think of the Saw series the same way, where it, I feel like it's kind of like this weird, I, I'm, I'm surprised more people aren't embarrassed of it, but it has a yeah. lot of fans and a lot, a lot of, you know, people are excited for reboots and spinoffs and the whole thing. They want it to keep going. Yeah. And for some people, that became a Halloween tradition. That was like the movie that came out every Halloween for a yeah. while there was a, a new Saw movie would come out. So, Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it has an audience and people like it, but... Yeah. Um, and also, and again, that's that's not really a fair assessment of mine because I've never seen any of them, so I can't really like speak on like how good or bad they are. Right. Uh, what about you? Kind of answer this too. Favorite final girl? Because you could argue that Ash Williams is a final girl in yeah. some ways. But are there any other like horror protagonists that you really gravitate towards or like a lot? Um, Laurie Strode, because. Especially in the most recent Halloween movie, like she's just a badass in that right. movie. Like, you know, in the in the original movie, she has a great job of defending herself and getting away from the bad guy. But like in that last movie, she would just uh, she didn't get away by the skin of her teeth. Like she fucked that dude up. Like sure. <laughs> it's like that was awesome. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis also had a lot more gravitas, I think, as an older actor versus, oh, yeah. you know, b- basically just starting out. So, yeah. like, I don't know if that was her very first role or not, but it was close enough. Super yeah. early, yeah. I'd say Laurie Strode. Cool. Uh, how about favorite horror director? Again, I'm, I'm going to go uh, John Carpenter, probably. Yeah. Because Halloween was great. I love The Thing. The Thing is a great movie. Somewhere in the Antarctic. Something ancient. Something alien. Something. John Carpenter's The Thing. Rated R. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think John Carpenter makes some really, really great, fun horror movies. What's the last horror film that really surprised you? You know what? Uh, Final Girls. <laughs> oh. You mentioned Final Girls earlier, but like... That movie, you guys, you and Kia had it on Blu-ray and asked, like, have you ever seen this movie? I was like, mm-hmm. I've never even heard of this movie. Like, you should watch this. And you let me borrow it, and I took it home, and I was just looking at the case to it. I was like, I don't know about this. It's yeah. got, like, that Adam Levine guy. Right. Is that his name? N- no. no. Adam. That's the singer, isn't it? Right. Maroon 5 guy. Yeah, what's uh, The guy from Workaholics. Exactly. I forgot his name. but Yeah, yeah I saw that he was in it, and I was like, this is going to be, I don't know about right. this one. And so, uh, yeah, but I loved it. I thought it was so well done. I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And it's, yeah. it's funny, and it's, like, it's like genuinely threatening, like the guy in it, the, the, the killer. villain. Yeah. yeah. And it's got a, a fun ending where they kind of leave it open to a sequel that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, I, I guess that's a great example of, like, judging a book by its cover, and then you get in, and it actually manages to subvert your expectations. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's been there's been a lot of movies in recent years where I, like, I wasn't expecting much, and then when mm-hmm. I saw it, I was like, wow, I actually really like that. Yeah. Like, even, uh, I, mean, I know we've talked about it in our personal lives, but Happy Death Day, mm. my expectations were so low, 
when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, I actually enjoyed that. That was mm-hmm. actually pretty good. Like, it didn't, it's, you know, it's not uh, mind-blowing, but it's way better than I was expecting it right. to be. So. And it was something not based on a previous property or a character. Yeah. It was like a totally original yeah. idea. So. Oh, and also, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be just naming off all these movies. Um, uh, you have to cut all this dead air out. I'm trying to think of the name of these movies. No problem. What's that movie with the the Leslie Vernon movie? Uh, Behind, Behind the, the Mask. mask. Yeah, yeah, that movie was really good. That that one surprised me too. Uh, yeah, my buddy. I was at my buddy's house years ago and. He mentioned it, and I was like, I've never seen that movie. He's like, oh, let's watch it. And he put it mm-hmm. on. And we watched like half, not even half of it. We watched like kind of the beginning of it. And then for whatever reason, we couldn't finish it. And then one day, like a, like a year or so ago, I was like, you know, I'm going to finish that movie. And I put it on. I was like, wow, I really like that. It was really yeah. good. I like how it kind of, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but the twist. <laughs> like at one point, the story kind of turns. Yeah. You're like, oh. <laughs> Um, what's the scariest scene in a movie for you? Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's like the number one, but the first thing that popped in my mind was that scene in, uh, Insidious mm-hmm. where it cuts to what's his name. I think it's like Patrick Wilson or somebody yeah. sitting there. And then like, you just see like Darth Maul behind him going, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Cause you're just not expecting to see that. It yeah. just comes out of nowhere. You're like, Oh God. For me, in that movie, it has a lot of those moments. And there's one where I think they're following the mother character, mm-hmm. Rose Byrne, right? Yeah. Uh, doing, like, just regular housework-style stuff. And she's walking through the laundry room, and you see a little boy is just, like, standing in the corner yeah. or something. And well, it's that, like, holy shit, you know? like. Well, yeah, she had, like, seen this kid dancing around in the house, and she went in, like, hey, yeah. what are you doing in here? And she's, like, following him through the house. Yeah. And then she goes into the laundry room, and... She doesn't see him. She just, like, loses him. Yeah. And, like, the first time I saw the movie, um, I didn't see him either. Mm-hmm. Like, when she walked in the laundry room and my friend that I was watching it with, like, it was maybe his second or third time watching it. And he was like, oh, wow, I never noticed that before. I was like, never noticed what? He's like, rewind it. Rewind it. He's like, look, he's standing right there. Where I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even see him <laughs> See, there. I saw like, that when I saw it the first time and it scared the shit out of me. Oh, really? Like, I was like, ooh, like, you know, like, that That freaked me out more than anything surrounding that scene, honestly. Yeah. So Because he had his, like, back to the camera uh. and he was, like, facing next to where. <laughs> the reason he blends in so well for me is because he's standing next to all these, like, jackets hanging on hooks. Mm. And it just, he kind of looks like one of the, some <laughs> clothes just hanging on a hook. But, yeah, that was pretty spooky. And it had that, uh. Tiptoe Through the Tulips song yeah. playing, which is just a creepy song in general. It just sounds spooky. Definitely. Uh, who's your celebrity crush? Emma Stone. Really? Yep. Hmm. Well, how, how long has that been going on? Since super bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like 12 years. Yeah, pretty it's much. It's pretty serious. Like I, well, I, I only say Emma Stone because I don't really have any real celebrity crushes right. these days. Like, it's been a while, so she's, like, the last person I remember just mm. having, like, a celebrity crush on. And, like, in Zombieland, also mm-hmm. tying in the horror movies. Yeah. She's in somewhat of a horror movie. And they're they're doing a follow-up soon. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I thought she was, yeah, very attractive in that movie. What is your favorite horror remake? I just bought this on DVD last week for a dollar. Ooh. Fright Night. Oh, the 2011 mm-hmm. Colin, is it Colin, Colin Farrell? Farrell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talked about that. recently by the Half-Ass Horrorcast. That's right. Check out that episode. I loved that one. What do you think? Is there a horror film you think is ripe for a remake? Oh, the monsters. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we just talked about that recently. Like, uh, <laughs> it's not really horror; it's more comedy. But still, I mean, I don't know. I can't really think of anything else. I feel like they've already like redone. Oh everything. no! Now, now we're at like remaking remakes and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, it's like they've already remade Evil Dead and yeah, and Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, they they recently announced that they're redoing Black Christmas. Oh, for a yeah. third time, so yeah. or second time. You saw you sent me that. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, do you think are you a Munsters or an Adams Family guy? Munsters all the way. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I never got into Adams Family. But really, the, I thought yeah. I thought you liked them, but just weren't a huge fan. Yeah, I like them enough. I mean, huh. they're they're okay. Yeah, yeah. But Adams Family is, I don't know for whatever reason, it just never really grabbed me. But the the Munsters. I've I've loved since I was a little kid. So, would you rather be a member of the Ghostbusters or the Monster Squad? Ooh. Well, if you had asked me that move that question when the Monster Squad came out, definitely Monster Squad, because it would be weird for a forty-year-old man to be hanging out with a bunch of little kids. You have to assume it's optimal conditions in both cases. You're a scientist for Ghostbusters, or you know, like, or you're yeah, like a twelve-year-old kid for Monster Squad. I feel like Monster Squad would be more fun. Yeah, like I definitely watched Ghostbusters more growing up, but I still loved the I loved Monster Squad growing up too. But uh, Monster Squad just seems like it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you get to fight Dracula, (laughs) the Wolfman, Wolfman. Creature stole my Twinkie. What's your favorite Twilight Zone episode? That's a great question. Probably, will the real Martian please stand up? And now, Mr. Serling. It's been said that singularly the most difficult feat of all mankind is to find a needle in a haystack. And the Twilight Zone next time we do it one better. We pose a problem of finding a Martian in a snowbank. It all adds up to a kind of extraterrestrial who's who with a couple of laughs and more than a couple of tensions. We recommend this to the space buffs and the jigsaw puzzle addicts. Next time on the Twilight Zone, our story is called, Will the Real Martian... Please stand up. Um, that's the one where the bus breaks down in the snowstorm, and they're at. And it, the bus doesn't break down. They they can't cross this bridge because of the snowstorm, mm-hmm. and so they have to hang out in this uh, diner until the the snowstorm passes. But mm-hmm. right before they go into the diner, uh, a UFO cra- or lands nearby, and they all see that kind of like fly over. And so these two police officers see uh, foot foot tracks in the snow going up to the diner and they get there and like there's the bus full of people and the the bus driver's like well there was you know the the cops go and they ask the bus driver like how many people were on the bus and he was like well there were seven and they count the people and they're like well there's eight people in here one of these people was not on the bus like who was it you know and, the, and it's them kind of trying to figure out like which one of them is the alien hmm. uh, but I, I i really like that episode what is what is an underseen or underrated horror movie you think more people should seek out? What was that one we watched with Emile Hirsch? Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, Autopsy of Jane Doe. That was a good one. Yeah. That was one that there's some like I feel like there's horror movies that are like this is a great movie. This is a great horror movie. And mm-hmm. then there are other movies that are like this is just a great movie that also happens to be a horror movie and I feel like uh Autopsy of Jane Doe is one of those. 
it's just like this is a good movie just yeah. in general um <clears throat> it's pretty underseen too i would yeah. say i don't i don't hear a lot of people talk about it yeah what's a horror trope or uh, something in horror movies that you think needs to be retired you've seen it too many times it's too obvious uh maybe walking around the house with the lights off yeah like i see that in so many movies where they're just walking around and you're like you could just turn a light on it might make this a little easier but then again if you did that it would make it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as scary <laughs> if you're yeah. walking around a, a house brightly lit you know because when we watched uh what was the ethan hawk movie oh sinister, sinister. yeah sinister. When, we, when we watched sinister i was like why wouldn't you just flip the lights on yeah like, <laughs> <but>. um. <laughs> What what's the most painful injury or kill you've seen in a movie where you yeah. just felt it? There was one that made me like yell when I watched it. It was yeah. in a uh, Your Next. Oh. When that sure. guy goes running and like that zip line thing is there and it cuts his throat. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> like I cuz they showed a close up of it when yeah. it happened and I was like, "Oh my no. No." Like <laughs> And I know that's not like the goriest thing in the world, but there's something about like seeing a close up of that guy's throat getting cut by that. Yeah. Maybe as a woman, I can't remember, but somebody got their throat cut with a like Very a wire. Visceral, yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> that one freaked me out. Uh, what's the most vivid nightmare you've ever had? I have a lot of tornado oh. dreams. Really? Yeah, those are always really intense. Like um, getting picked up. Like, are you like walking around along the street and a tornado picks you up that time of thing? Uh, it's just like, it's different every time, but like there's been times where I'm like driving and then a tornado comes and it picks me up and I have no control and it's just yeah. like spinning me around. And then oh. I'm like, you know, I don't know. Tornado dreams are always like super intense for me. I don't know if people, I don't know if that's a thing that like a lot of people have. I've never really heard of it, yeah. but. Cause I know like there's parts of the country where they don't even have tornadoes. Right. So. Do you believe in the paranormal? Is there anything out there that would be on the X-Files that you think? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. If you had asked me that like 10 or 15 years ago, I'd have been absolutely. You know? Right. But now I'm kind of like, mm, not really. I'm, uh, I'm going to go down the list. Ghost. Uh, I'm going to say that's a no. <laughs> that's, like, that's like a 90% no. Okay. I'll put like a 10% yes. What about uh, aliens? Alien encounters? Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say encounters that people have had to this date. I'm going to say no. I don't really. I think, that, I think there's definitely some kind of life in the universe somewhere, mm -hmm. but I don't know if we've made contact with them. Yeah, well, you know, one thing I was thinking about recently is mm -hmm. uh, aliens. We we keep thinking of them as organic life forms, but what if uh, it's AI from another planet? Yeah, they could totally do that. You know, send a robot to us or whatever. Also, they I hear people say like, "Oh, if aliens came here, they would just wipe us out." And it's mm. just like, well, you don't know that, right? It's like, well, that's what we did. That's what the that's what people did when they came over here uh, from England or whatever. When right. they came to America, they like started killing all the Indians and stuff. It's like, well, you're talking about human beings too. Like mm. if if a race of beings has evolved enough and they're smart enough to come up with the technology to travel far enough to get here, yeah. do you think they're coming here just to be like, let's go somewhere on some other planet and just fuck them up? Like, <laughs> you think they'd be explorers and want to like, be like, oh, look, we found other life who's intelligent. Right. Let's see if we can communicate with right. them. Like, 
I don't, so I don't think that these that aliens coming here are necessarily well. If aliens ever did come here, I don't think that they would necessarily come here just to be like, all right, we came here just to wipe all you guys out. Mm. And, you know, I don't know. I, that's just my own theory. What, what about cryptids? Uh, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Mothman, all mm. that stuff? No, I don't believe in any of those. No? No. I, I did as a kid, and it, it kind of like bums me out that I don't believe in them anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to a po- podcast recently where they, they did like five or six episodes on... The Patterson Gimlin film, the the Bigfoot. Yeah, where he's like walking and yeah. faces. Yeah, and that whole thing. I was I listened to almost all of it, and the whole time I was like, "Why am I listening to this?" Like, <laughs> you think <laughs> it's all bullshit? Yeah, it's like I don't even think any of this exists. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know. I I I, I wish I did believe in that stuff, but I don't. What is your uh, most memorable horror celebrity encounter? My most horrible one. No. Your most memorable, oh, memorable oh. horror or celebrity encounter. I, I had an answer for the other one. Uh, no, good. Tell me that one. That sounds better. <laughs> it wasn't horrible, but like one time I was at a convention and I saw Tom Savini, and I've I've seen Tom Savini at like almost every convention I've been yeah. to, and I've never approached him or talked to him. So I was at uh, Monster Palooza one year, and I saw him. I was like, you know what? Tom Savini's sitting over there. Nobody's talking to him right now. I'm gonna go over and say hi to him. And we had just watched. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, the Prowler. The Prowler, yeah. We had just watched that and... Um, Did a podcast <clears> on it, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh, I can, I'll go talk to him about The Prowler because he worked on that. And uh, I walked over to him. I was like, hey, Tom, how you doing? And he... I didn't think he looked at me. He was like, hey. And I was like... Uh, I, think I, I think I like reached my hand out to shake his hand. And then he was like... Um, I was like, yeah, uh, me and my friends just watched The Prowler the other day. That like head explosion was amazing. He's like... Yep, thanks. I was like, mm. all right, good talking to you. And then <laughs> <laughs> I just like walked up. I was like, man, that guy didn't had no interest in talking to me. It's weird because I've heard all these rumors that he was terrible in the beginning of the convention scene when it was just mm-hmm. kind of starting to become more and more prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, but in recent years, he's gotten better. Um, but that sounds like that was a pretty recent encounter. Yeah, so. that was within the last like three years. Yeah, and um, and to be honest, like. At this point, he's heard everything. Like, right. I'm not gonna come up to him and he's Blow and say mind. something to be like, "Wait, what? You watched the Prowler? Oh <laughs> man, no one's ever brought that." Movie Take up your to balls me. out and put them in my mouth, <laughs> dude. Let's sit and t- talk about the Prowler for an hour. Like, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, I mean, so I, I, I can kind of get it, but at the same time, I don't know. Or maybe he, you know, you never know what people are going through. Maybe he had a, he was having a bad sure. day or he was just hungry. Who knows? But. Uh, but most memorable horror encounter. Oh, I got one. When I was seven years old, I asked my dad if we could go to a haunted house. This was like around Halloween. Mm-hmm. And so they do those little haunts, you know. And uh, so I asked my dad to take me one. And he's like, sure. So he takes me and my buddy to this haunted house in Hendersonville. I remember it was called the Haunted Smorgasbord. I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. Oh, you remember the story? I remember, no, no, no. I remember this, the... I haven't thought about Smorgasbord, the horror oh, Smorgasbord, yeah. in a very long time. Yeah. So he takes us over to it. <clears throat> and I think... Surely my dad must have been thinking, like, Haunted Mansion style, like Disney style, sure. where it's like, 
how scary could this be? Because I'm thinking back, I'm like, dude, I was seven years old. Why would you take a seven-year-old to this? <laughs> but I don't think my dad's ever been to one of those haunts before, so I don't hmm. think he realizes like how terrifying it can be, especially to a seven-year-old. So uh, we get there. Uh, my dad just pulls up, and he's like, all right, have fun. And we were like, you're not coming in with us? He's like, no, I'm just going to wait out here for you. We're just gonna, I'm just going to sit in the car. And we were like, oh, okay. And so we go inside. <laughs> yeah. And I also think it was a way for my dad to kind of save money because my dad didn't make a ton of money back True. then. True, yeah. So <clears throat> and those haunts, they're, they're not cheap. So we go in, and I remember, like, the, the second you walk in, you would have thought the people that worked there, too, would have been like, wait, it's just you two? Who are you here with? And they'd be like, no, we're just by ourselves. They, you think that the people working there would have been like, uh, I think you probably need to be a little older to come in here by yourself. You might need a parent, you know? But they didn't do that. So we walk in, and when you walk in, it looks like a deli. Yeah. But there's a strobe light going, and the deli is covered in blood, like yeah. everywhere. And then this dude jumps over the deli counter with a meat cleaver, and he's got, like, this scary mask on, and there's, like, blood all over his smock and everything. And he's like, Aah! like, in our face. And, like, I just instantly start crying. I was like, <laughs> And uh, there was, like, a teenage guy there. Who, like, we were, me and my friend were trying to run, and, like, this teenage guy there saw, like, how terrified we were, and he was finally, he just was, like, he kind of took us under his wing, basically, and was, like, I'll walk, I'll walk through this with him, you know? So, we were going through it, and it, I feel bad now looking back, because, like, I totally ruined this guy's night. Sure. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) but he, he went through the whole hunt with us, and, uh, when people would jump out to scare us, he'd be like, oh, man, uh, these kids are real freaked out, like, don't, and, they, yeah. and, like, you know, the people in the costumes were like, oh, okay, cool, you know, they would break <laughs> character, uh, but that's probably, like, one of my more memorable ones, and the funny thing is, my dad is completely oblivious to it now, like, uh, I remember when we got you out guys to the, came out and you were like crying and he was just like yeah like we came out and I thought my dad would be standing there at the end he was just sitting in the car yeah and like we came out and we're like where's my dad I don't want my mommy you know and then we come out he's not there and like I try to go up to that teenage guy I'm getting like hey I don't I don't know where my parents are and like you could, at that point the kid was over it he's like fucking kids like yeah. he didn't say anything but he was kind of turned his back on us like. I got you through the haunt. Like, right. I, I, I'm not giving you any more, you know? So, like, me and my buddy start walking through the parking lot. And we see my dad sitting there with the door, with the window down. He's, like, listening to the radio. And we go up to the, we get in the car. He's like, oh, hey, how was it? And we were like, it was really scary. He's like, yeah, well, you know, it's a haunted house. All right, let's go, you know? <laughs> and, like, I don't think he realized, like, how terrifying it was to us. Yeah. He was like, well, that's what you get. You want to go to a haunted house. That's what they do in there. And uh, I, I remember I, I mentioned that to my dad a few years ago, and he has no memory of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> kind of tying in with that, what, what's your favorite Halloween memory? What was your first costume? Oh. Start with that. I don't remember. I think it was Casper. I have a picture yeah. of myself in like a Casper the Friendly Ghost Ben Cooper costume. Cool, yeah. Um, but I was also like Skeletor, G.I. Joe. Mm. I, I, that was like usually what we did. We'd get the Ben Cooper sure. things from Kmart. <laughs> Fondest Halloween memory. I don't know. I just have all these like fond memories of just trick or treating. Yeah. Like to me, that was so much fun. Like the smell of the candles burning in the jack o' lanterns, and like always loved it when people would do their porches up and like 
the uh, the adults would wear costumes mm-hmm. to hand out candy and like I remember this lady was dressed like a witch and she was like ah, have some candy little boy and I was like this is great like, but stuff like that. Well, what about uh, favorite memory as an adult? Hmm, that party we had in 2015 that was mm. a that one was great. Like I've always wanted to have a Halloween party as an adult because I've gone to Halloween parties as an adult. And it just, they all seem just like normal parties. It's just, yeah. there's a few Halloween decorations up. And I'm like, oh, this is just the same as like any other Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, where someone wouldn't have a party. I was like, you guys aren't doing it right. You're not even playing <laughs> Halloween music in here. Yeah. So I've always wanted to do my own. So that one we did in 2015, I really liked. We had the movie going on the oh, yeah. projector and then we had the fire pit and spooky music and lights. Lights and, all over. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. And then uh, me and my friend took a road trip to uh, Netherworld mm-hmm. in Atlanta one year, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, what's your favorite Halloween candy or treat? I love Reese's Cups. Yeah. And then Halloween, they make them into the shape of pumpkins. <laughs> nice. Uh, how do you feel about Halloween becoming so mainstream in recent years? Mm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird because, like... There's like this feeling that I get uh, the closer we get to the actual season. Like once the weather changes, mm-hmm. that feeling comes back. But sometimes I feel like something can get overexposed to where you're like, you get, you liked it at one point, but then you're, you've just been around it so much that you're desensitized to it and it's yeah. not a big deal anymore. And sometimes I kind of worry Halloween's going to be like that for me. But. Every year, once the weather changes, that's when it's like, oh, no, it's back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that feeling's here. What What was your worst horror movie theater experience? <laughs> I think we've discussed this before. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the ultimate worst? Is, uh, it's probably it. And it's also Just because you wanted it to be good. I mean, yeah, yeah. and I was just, I was so This is Halloween angry. 2018. Yeah, Halloween 2018. I uh, had a little outburst in the theater. And it's it was just... I was also mortified. I was like, why did I just, I let, I let my temper get the best of me. And I yelled out in the theater because people were talking through the whole movie. Mm. Actually, two specific people were talking through the whole movie and I was getting really pissed and I finally just exploded and was like, stop talking. And they, (laughs) it worked. They stopped talking, but I was just so mortified. I was like, why did I, oh my God. But, oh well, what are you going to do? What's, what's the best movie experience you've had in a horror movie? Hmm. You know, uh, going to see Halloween H20, because when I saw that movie, I was working at the theater, and it had been out for weeks at that point. I think it was almost Halloween, like Mm -hmm. the actual day. It was getting pretty close, and that movie came out in, like, August. So by the time Halloween came around, by the time October came around, like, there was nobody in the theater. So it was just me and my buddy watching this movie. We had the whole theater to ourselves, and it was one of those things where it was a pleasant surprise. Like, Mm -hmm. I... I wasn't expecting much, and I was like, oh, I actually really enjoyed that. Critics call Halloween H2O sensational. Smart and nonstop scary. Finally, a sequel that lives up to the original. Halloween H2O. Rated R. Starts Wednesday everywhere. Uh, What's the horror movie you most like showing to people? Well, the original Halloween and Evil Dead 2. Yeah. (laughs) It's a thing that keeps coming up is those two movies. That's usually like... Halloween is, is is a good one to show people who don't like horror movies. Mm-hmm. 
Is she going to be like, oh, you'll like this one, though. This one's, it's not bloody. And yeah. It's not a lot of stuff, you know, so. It's, you feel like that's kind simple. of the best gateway horror film in a way? Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten a couple people into, like, th- there was a friend of mine, like, a few years ago that I was like, Halloween was coming up, the holiday. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, I'm just, I don't like horror movies. And so I was like, well, let's just watch this. And you might like this one. We put it on. And then. She was texting me. She's like, "All right, I just watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Next, I'm gonna watch that." Like she had like just the seal was broken. Yeah, yeah. she was just like, "I've been watching like every horror movie that's on Hulu." <laughs> like, wow. So nice. she she just dove right in. So you think that's kind of the best way to get people into horror is kind of show them those uh, kind of yeah, just like the classics. Yeah, the, the big ones. So we're kind of winding down. Something you want to see in horror films going forward? What's something you'd really like to see show up in scary movies in the years to come? Cool monsters. Yeah? Yeah. Like, and not necessarily all CG stuff either. Like, mm-hmm. I, w- I would love, like, okay, so they were talking about rebooting all the Universal monsters a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know what would be cool is if they did, like, Frankenstein with the flat top, you know, bring that look back. Make it, or even black and white. Right. Like Ed Wood was great. That was in black and white. Mm-hmm. Frank and Weenie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring back black and white horror movies. <laughs> Someone can do one, right? Mark Portrait did one. Wave of the future. Yes. Uh, so is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like listeners to know about Jeff? I just keep thinking of dirty jokes. Um, <laughs> I got a big wang. <laughs> No. It's like a Coke can. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'd like people to know. You can find me on Instagram at CreatureVilleArt. And you can buy my artwork if you want some. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I can't think of anything. That's good. Uh, oh, real quick. What are some horror, like non-horror movies that you like? Just to give people an idea of like some... You know, some of your favorites outside of the genre. I know we talk about Bill and Ted occasionally. That's Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love a good time travel movie. Yeah. Back to the Future is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, there's so many movies that I just, like, know every word to. I was watching the 89 Batman today, mm-hmm. and I was saying most of the lines as they were happening, and I was like, oh, wow, I forgot how many. I can't believe I remember so many lines mm-hmm. from this movie. Um, and that's not even one of my favorites necessarily. Um, but Stand By Me, Big Lebowski. I know that's like a cliche, but... You, you I, like what you like. Yeah, I love that movie. Nice. Um, I love Coen Brother movies. So comedy is really more your genre. I mean, like if you had to Kinda, pick... I don't know, but yeah. also I'm a huge Tarantino fan too. Yeah. Like I love Tarantino movies. Like even like True Romance. He didn't direct that one, but he wrote it. But True Romance is one of my favorite movies. After of Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2 comes a movie that will leave you breathless. Later, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance. Rated R starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Well, that's the origin of Jeff. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to me talk about myself. (laughs) Keep slamming that evil. Keep busted.
busting.